Welcome to Moms Going Boldly, a Star Trek podcast. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Moms Going Boldly is two moms who love Star Trek and who happen to have children on the autism spectrum. Join me, Elizabeth, and my co-host Vicki as each week we talk about Star Trek episodes, both new and old. Are you ready for the adventure? Come join us on Moms Going Boldly. And welcome back to Moms Going Boldly. Today we're talking about Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Season 2, Episode 9, Subspace Rhapsody. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of this one, Vicki? First, I have to say it's funny that I mentioned once more with Feeling a few weeks back when I yeah. said that they were the only ones who were able to pull it off. Because yeah. this is basically the same story, only in space. Yeah, it was about a demon okay. who came and made people sing their feelings and caused oh, chaos. Okay, okay. So, but they did add the bunny lines. So I guess yes. that's sort of a nod to the similarities. Okay. Did you think that this was like a little bit of an homage to that story? Well, I looked it up later after I watched it and I was like, okay, this is the same story. So I did go to IMDb. They did say they were inspired by it. Okay, cool. See, I know I never saw that, so I didn't draw that connection. So I'm glad that you were able to draw that connection. That's awesome. Yeah. But I did like it. It's odd that they have a whole cast who can sing. And it worked. And even the ones who didn't sing, you know, that well, it worked for the story because these were people being forced to sing, even if they couldn't sing. So, and that kind of eliminated the concern that you had that there might not be people who could sing. And then it would try to pretend like they could sing, but they couldn't sing. And and here in this storyline, it didn't matter. Let me go ahead and read the synopsis of this story from the Memory Alpha fandom wiki. An accident with an experimental quantum probability field causes everyone on the USS Enterprise to break uncontrollably into song. But the real danger is that the field is expanding and beginning to impact other ships, allies, and enemies alike. So let's start talking about a little bit about how they made this science fiction-y. They have this weird reaction to this quantum probability field. They're there trying to see if they can find some way to speed up their subspace communications and use this subspace fold to their advantage and instead when they test out music on it it creates this new reality essentially where they're all singing did you buy that sort of sciencey hand-waving explanation did it seem real to you well i mean nothing seems real to me but (laughs) yeah it, it was plausible i didn't say oh that's a horrible explanation it went with the story yes i thought it worked too yeah It seemed a little far-fetched, but it wasn't outside of the realm of my ability to choose to ignore, you know, that this couldn't be possible. So I thought that was good. The only time I laughed was when Spock was trying to talk about how to fix it and seemed to just throw together a bunch of things. Let's use the Heisenberg compensator and and I'm like, really? (laughs) What was your first thought when the singing started? I'm really curious about that. Oh, my God. I was like hiding behind pillows. (laughs) Because I was so nervous. 
And I actually, I had to watch it twice because I spent the first time so anxiety ridden. Every time I heard the music and somebody else was going to sing, yeah. I couldn't pay attention. Yeah. So I had to watch it for a second time so I could actually pay attention to it. And it was good. I mean, they all did a great job. I felt they were kind of, um, oh, what's the word I want? I'm not playing a joke on us. They were kind of like poking at us because Ohura, who's supposed to be able to sing, didn't sing until a long way through the episode. Yeah. And it Almost was, the end. Yeah. And it was was like they were just you know poking at us like haha well, she's not gonna ever sing you know? <laughs> <laughs> see i didn't know that she was a singer until after i watched the episode and i was like wow these people they were all really good yeah and then i knew then i learned that she i think she won a grammy yeah and she did a lot of broadway yeah. because like i said last week i started looking up the cast to see if any of them had uh, um, musical background and i saw that she was on broadway and i saw laan has a musical theater history and actually i just saw yesterday she released some music they must have made her wait until after the show aired i don't know but yeah. so at least i knew they could sing and in star trek ahura can sing and so yes. they made us wait i was like that's mean <laughs> I just went with it. You know, I was just like, okay, we're going to start singing. And I actually really liked that they had Spock as the first character to sing. Right. Because even though we know he has some musical talent and he know we know from this season that he's been working on that musical talent, we also know that he's not likely to break out into song in public. Right. And so the look of consternation on his face and just that he just kept singing even though he was struggling not to sing was enjoyable and i was able to just kind of relax into it and go okay this is going to be funny and fun and just sort of relax but the other thing that i found really surprising is yes it was funny and fun but it was also touching and the way they did that i thought was really brilliant we had a lot of character development deep character examination in this episode that was done so well and almost seamlessly you didn't even know it was happening in a way because you were sort of like oh listen to Lon she sounds great what a great voice oh my god she is totally unbearing her soul here right right (laughs) um it was just really well done it was it was I'm really, really glad that at the end when they did the big finale number that they kept the dancing crew people to a minimum because that was the only thing I didn't like. (laughs) I was like, okay, that seems forced. (laughs) It didn't bother me because at that point, nothing was going to bother me. I mean, I thought it was great to have everybody singing, but the dancing, I was like, yeah, no. I can understand dancing while singing. Because singing is such an emotive process that, you know, and there's rhythm that's involved and there's, you know, a different part of your brain involved. Do you sing? No, geez, no. I know you do. I do. And I have. And I've sung like on stage, not professionally because no one ever paid me. (laughs) But with groups and, you know, in places where I was performing for other people, for an audience. And so it it does use a different part of your brain and it does engage. I don't know, just the best way to say it is the different parts of your body. You Mm -hmm. know, and you do want to dance and you do want to move and you want to keep up with the tempo, etc. So the dancing made sense. But the crew members dancing in the corridor were not singing. They were just dancing. So I was like, eh, it's not working for me. Because then we're taking this from the singing reality to the singing and dancing reality. And so I know it's such a small little thing (laughs) to be picking about. But it was the only thing that actually distracted me. Um, I was cringing 
during the I'm Ready number with Chapel because it was so harsh for Spock. It was. It was so harsh. Yeah. And I think it goes to what you have been saying all along about how Spock's going to be driven back to his Vulcan side because of the pain of being human. And like I said last week, because of the pathetic nurse chapel we have in TOS, I had it in my head that he rejected her. Yeah. But it looks like she's rejecting him. Yeah. Which is what I said last week, just over that little yeah. scene. And you apparently were, she's going to meet her fiancé soon. Yeah, so. you were right. I mean, and that's what I love the way. And, and you know, of course... The chapel in the original series was very characteristic of how females were presented I in know. the 60s. That was so a reflection of that time. So absolutely. And now we have a reflection of this time where our chapel is, you know, a much more three-dimensional, well-defined human being. Right. Instead of just a soft and caring, oh, and I have unrequited love for you, Mr. Spock. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And so congratulations on, you know, your hypothesis is really holding firm. Well, we're not there yet, but we'll see. But it certainly looks like it. And I also like how after she did this, this scene, he went back and did a second number. So he did a second number and Una did a second number. And that was it. Wasn't it? Spock I, and Una, they're the ones that did two. No, I guess Pike did two, if you count the fact that he did the one number, which I really enjoyed, then the finale. Yes. I guess everybody did two, except Una and Spock, who did three. Yes, I think so, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, But Spock's second number was really good and very powerful. I yeah. thought all of them were really good and very powerful. And did you notice in the first song that they did, I thought it was brilliant. The first song was essentially Spock saying, I don't understand what's going on here. And oh my gosh, I'm singing. Yeah. And we're trying to figure out if anything's happened to the ship because this wave went through the ship and they're all singing. Everything is okay. They're singing. They're checking all the status and analyses to make sure the ship is operational, but they're all singing this. And so, again, as a musical person, and not maybe non-musical people would recognize this too, but a lot of songs frequently have what's called a bridge mm -hmm. where they shift keys to increase the tension of the song and to keep going forward. So did you notice that Laon and Kirk entered the bridge at the bridge? Oh, no. I, I, I cracked up. <laughs> <laughs> so there's even these little itty-bitty funny things that they worked in. They're sort of like little Easter eggs that they worked in. I thought it was brilliant. I thought the whole thing was brilliant. We're going to pause right here for a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, Doug Gramley here from Yeah, That Can't Be Good. Doug here from the 13th Warehouse. If you are a fan of Eureka, please join Kim, Vicky, Skip, and myself over at Yeah, That Can't Be Good for an episode-by-episode -episode podcast of all things Eureka at EurekaRewatch.com. If you're a fan of Warehouse 13, please join Kim and Vicky over at the 13th Warehouse at the13thwarehouse.com. You can also listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us on Twitter at Eureka Warehouse. Attention Warehouse fans. Kim and Vicky continue on with the Warehouse theme on the 13th Warehouse with Friday the 13th, the 1988 television series. Follow Mickey, Ryan, and Jack as they hunt for cursed antiques sold by Uncle Lewis to unsuspecting and sometimes suspecting patrons of his antique shop. So stick with us on the 13th Warehouse for Friday the 13th, the series. You can listen to the 13th Warehouse on our website, the13thwarehouse.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. I was very sad for Laon. I really want her to have a win. Oh, I know. I forgot about Carol and David. Yeah. And that was the last thing I thought he was going to say. Yeah. 
so it was not good. Yeah, it was painful. The, yeah. the journey that she's had to make has been so painful. I really hope that we get some kind of really great payoff for her. Yeah. Where she gets, you know, some kind of happy ending of some sort. Because it's been it's been tough. Yeah. And the same with, you know, Spock and Chapel. We thought they were going to get their happy ending when they got together. But now they're going through really painful evolution, too. So we've seen Una's painful evolution related to her status as a genetically modified human. And we've seen Pike's painful evolution with regard to his knowledge that something terrible is in his future. And would you say that we've seen Uhura's painful evolution? I'm not sure we're done with that yet. No, because we haven't seen very much. You're talking about her parents and all that. Yeah, Yeah. and Hammer and dealing with losing people she cares about right i mean we've seen it but i don't think we've seen enough yeah and dr mbenga we've seen a huge amount of pain for him but i'm not sure he's done either no he he has too much going on for that to be the end of it yeah yeah so i'm going to go ahead and venture out on a limb here and say that una and laon are done with their painful evolutions and and we should start seeing some payback from their growth and, and Captain Pike. And we're still waiting for Spock, Chapel, Dr. Mbenga, and Uhura. What about Ortega? Do you think she's got any more evolution that needs to be done? I have to believe she's got a lot more evolution because we haven't okay. really seen anything about her. Except, well, we've seen a little bit, but yeah, you're right. We yeah, haven't except dug, for... We haven't dug deep. Right, except for the one that she was the pilot of the ship, you know, that everybody right. lost their memories. But there wasn't a lot of backstory... I think right. she's the only one who hasn't had a story. Yeah. Well, we did, And we did see the inklings of a story with regard to the war. Right. She had feelings about that Klingon being aboard the ship, but we didn't go deep into it. We went deep into Dr. Mbenga and Chapel instead. Right. Yeah. Right. So there's, there's so. more there to her, I hope. Yeah. Okay, so what was your favorite musical performance um, in this episode? I have to say Ohura's first song. The one where she talks about being alone and then yes. realizing she's okay with being alone? Yeah. Okay. I think maybe yeah. because I was waiting so long for her to start singing. Yeah. All right. How about you? I, I would have to say it's Laon's solo song. Yeah, actually, that was good, too. Just, I also have to say one of my favorites, and the one that's like the earworm in my head, was the first song. All System Stable. Yeah. That one's like stays in my head. Yeah. <laughs> So that, that one I thought was really good, too. And, of course, the Klingons at the end. Yeah, that was funny. That was funny. Like the Backstreet Boys, the Klingons doing Backstreet Boys. That was hilarious. It was a wonderful little, you know, moment of humor. Yeah. I kind of wish they had been doing something a little bit more Klingon. You know, Klingons have some good songs. If you ask Worf, yeah, they do. You know, like, um, oh, what is that episode in Deep Space Nine where it's sort of Martok's evolution after the trauma he experienced at the hand of the Jem'Hadar and you know he and Worf get into a fight and then he finally finds his courage again and he goes after the Jem'Hadar and the Klingons are singing this battle song it's so cool yeah I would have liked to have seen something like that it could have been musical-esque in that you know they're doing the dancing etc but have it be like the Klingon battle song you know the way the chanting is and stuff anyway again small thing but I think that could have been fun I also really liked the scene with Captain Pike singing with Captain Battelle. That was a little cringy for me. Not because the singing wasn't good, because it was the captain and all the crew was yes, watching. But that's why I liked it. I know. it was driving home what Laon had said. This is a security issue. Yeah. We can't be having 
us singing about our private feelings while we're working. Right. That was cringy the second time, too. That was the one I didn't get <laughs> over. it's supposed to be cringy, I know. so I think that works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's for like you're going, oh my God, when are you going to make this stop? Captain, yeah. you need to make this stop. Hello, clue in, make this stop. And thank God for Laon who cuts the channel. She's like, I made it stop. <laughs> but I think that worked. And so I think they took a lot of risks with this. Yeah. I know I haven't read any of the any people who haven't liked it, but of course there's always going to be people who don't like this kind of stuff because everybody's human and everybody has their own, you know, way of doing things. And, you know, they got to be them. I'm grateful that they did this. I thought it was a lot of fun. So next week's going to be a Disney. Well, it's probably already right, here. Right, exactly. So that we're holding through to Vicky's <laughs> philosophy of tone arrangement in season two of Strange New Worlds. This was fun. So next week is going to be dark as all get out. Plus, it's the last episode, correct? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It is, as far as I understand, this is the last episode of the season. And I don't know when we're going to get... A third season, because as we record this, the writer's strike and the actor's strike is still going on. Right. So I'm Um, wondering also, because Discovery was pushed back already, I wonder if that's going to get pushed back even more now. Well, they might do both at the same time, especially if, if they are able to resolve the strike in a way that everybody's happy. And I don't think they use too many of the of similar sets. But the reason Discovery was pushed back was because they decided to cancel it, so they needed to do more episodes to finish Uh, it off. okay. All right. So So they might not be done. I don't know if they're done with the episodes that they were going to add. Right. Okay. Okay. So it wasn't like a filming thing. It was a writing thing. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Well, then we're just going to have to hold out and see. That's all we can do. So what rating would you give Subspace Rhapsody? I'll give it an eight and a half. Uh, uh, nine and a half, maybe even a ten for me. Yeah. I thought it was so much fun. They all did a great job. And do you have any other thoughts or things that you wanted to make sure that we talked about? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. Then we invite our listeners to join us next time as we talk about Strange New Worlds, Season 2, Episode 10, which is the final episode of the season, mm-hmm. entitled Hegemony. Okay. Thank you so much. We'll see you then. We'll see you next week. You can continue exploring the universe with Moms Going Boldly by following us on Facebook at facebook.com slash momsgoingboldly and on Twitter at momsgoingboldly. The music used on Moms Going Boldly is Without Limits by Ross Bugden Music. On Twitter at Ross Bugden, licensed under a Creative Commons attribution license, creativecommons.org. You can listen to Moms Going Boldly on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Player FM. And we're now also available on Apple Podcasts. Transfer complete.